Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We're here. Give me the green light. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. If you're going to bring back the Las Vegas franchise, it has to be outlaws. They had one of the sweetest looking logos on the helmet. Mother of God. Especially when you have a shirtless Rodney Dangerfield. God bless Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace. But put on a shirt, man. Don't know what you want to see that. You put that on right now. You'll be headline news on Fox News. One, Phil. Is this on? One. Is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Extreme Football Podcast. I am your host, Jay Dash, and happy Easter to the listeners out there. Hopefully, you spent some quality time with your friends, your family, and now, hopefully, you're all listening to us here on the Easter edition of the Extreme Football Podcast. To get things out, thank you. We have surpassed 400 downloads. For all of our episodes, well, not all of our episodes, a total of 400 episodes, and I can't thank you. I just can't. There's no words to explain. Therefore, my co-host, my partner in crime, let's get to the talks of the XFL today, even though there's not a lot of news out there. Yeah, it sounds good to me, man. Yeah, there really isn't a whole lot out there, but whatever little crumb, whatever little speck we can get, we will dive right into it as if it was a big pool. But uh, yeah, like we said, not a whole lot going on. But anyway, I just want to say real quick, happy Easter, ladies and gentlemen, or happy Passover as well. Uh, This is going to segue real quick since we are talking about the holidays. What is something that goes great with holidays? Well, football, of course. What could the XFL do where the NFL has failed when it comes to celebrating holidays? Is there anything that the XFL can do differently or when it comes to, uh, say, raising awareness for certain illnesses? The NFL has fallen on its face when it comes to this. The whole Think Pink campaign with Susie G. Coleman, well, yeah, a little shady when you look back on it. Could the XFL do something different? What do you think, Jay Dash? do know that the NFL does a great production on Thanksgiving, which is connection of the NFL to Thanksgiving. You think of football, and you think of two yeah. teams most most of the time. You get the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Those are just two traditional teams that you see every single Thursday on Thanksgiving. 
but when you look at to the you know sponsorships or where uh, raising awareness uh, type of ordeals like what the NFL does in October, what the MLB does during um, I think it's in March. They do one for I think prostate cancer. I think. Yeah. I may. I may. I think not March and April. I think. Um, I think it's prostate, but I have to look into that. But can the XFL do something like that? They should, yes. But if you're going to do something like that, make sure the uh, organization that you partner up with is not a fraud. Um, I think the NFL learned their, from their little mistakes. But dig into who well, you're trying to partner with. It seems like they've uh, pretty much stopped doing the uh, the pink thing when people found out that only 11% of the proceeds, all the sales, only 11% of it went to cancer patients and cancer research, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, WWE, I have to call the elephant in the room, is also somewhat guilty of this as well because they also work with Susie G. Coleman. In fact, they're still working with them now, even after all these scandals have come out. Either WWE is really loyal, they want the money, or they just don't care. But that is something that Vince is going to have to take into consideration with this iteration of the XFL. I mean, the last thing that he can possibly afford is bad PR. I mean, just having to be the XFL, it's already kind of on a a pedestal. People are either really for it or they're against it. But there's still that stigma from before. And now with the NFL coming clean about what happened with Susie G. Coleman and the 11%, the XFL has to be just as careful, if not more careful, because let's face it, the XFL is not a national institution like the NFL is, even though national is in the name, of course. But even still, the NFL means so much to people that uh, they've actually written to the president and Congress trying to make Super Bowl Sunday a holiday. So whatever the XFL does, uh, I think, yeah, you're right. It, it comes down to having the uh, the right people to work with. Uh, there's got to be somebody else besides Susie G. Coleman. Unfortunately, for the life of me, on the top of my head, I cannot think of uh, any of the nonprofit organizations. Damn that Susie G. Coleman with their great advertising. <laughs> well, advertising sales. Um, usually. <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah, and if you usually if you get more eyes on your product, they will forget about the other product. That's the goal of advertising. Mm-hmm. But, it's uh, a shame though, no soul. Yeah, there's just no I'll soul just say, to it. Uh, one thing that I did some kind of a little bit of research on this, but it's been over a uh, over a couple of weeks span uh, because uh, I actually am going for a degree in where I work at on the side and I was doing a just you know basic research and I got into a couple articles and I'm trying to connect a lot of dots and I think I know one thing that the XFL can you know attach itself to and help spread awareness and that's bullying uh, hmm. As you know, and bullying, I know that for the people out there who are listening to this, yes, this is going to be kind of a political talk about recent events. Uh, but if you just want, hear me out, uh, I'm not trying to attack the left or the right here. Um, I'm just going to just point out some of the obvious things, and then you can look your up, look stuff up for yourself. Um, this is only my opinion. This mine, not wrestling moving guys, and I'm not you know trying to force this down your throat. But here is a uh, a statistic 
that is based off of four major uh, news organizations, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, and L.A. Times. And basically these are all the numbers I put together in a percentage group. From ages 13 to 21 in the United States, those are usually middle school students, early high school students, to about junior year to senior year in college, or 21, or sophomore, depending on what you, when you, because there's a lot, you, the age differential in colleges, but you, there's no a certain age group that retire or, or that graduates. It's different. But 31% of people in the United States, or kids from ages 13 to 21, have been bullied at one point in time in their life throughout the, throughout their uh, school journey. 5% of the kids who are bullied commit a criminal crime that is resulting in a death or they commit suicide. 5% of that 31%. That's a, people don't think that's a big number. That's a lot of people for 5%. When and you take into account how many people are in America, that is pretty high. Yeah, and 2% of the bulliers are the victims of the crime or retaliations of the 5% who, are, who, commit, who commit a criminal crime by death. That's based on CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, and L.A. Times' stats. And I'm going to bring this a little bit to the current times. We all know the news. I guarantee everybody turns on the channel every single day. I guarantee our listeners are getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of it. And I guarantee you might be getting tired of it. We all remember the mass shooting that happened down in Parkland, Florida, where 17 high schoolers were killed. Nicholas yep. Cruz was the uh, Nicholas Cruz was the guy who killed the 17 students. It has not been documented by the local police force and the FBI who's investigating or who's already they're already trying to put this in trial during the fast trial. Eight students in Parkland have been documented of bullying Nicholas Cruz. Two of them are spokesmen that you see a lot on TV right now. Uh, Lillian Gonzalez. And David Hogg are the two individuals you see on TV, big TV right now, pushing the anti-gun Second Amendment movement. Uh, what I don't know how to describe that. You know, you see them on TV all the time. They, yeah, yeah, both yeah. Of no, those, I catch it. Both of them admitted to CNN, admitted to the net media that they bullied this guy into doing this. Six other people who were documented bullied, but documented bullying Nicholas Cruz. Are no longer with us today. They were killed in the shooting. So I look at it this way in the XFL. Based on those simple stats, I can dig up more stories on that. Yes, we know shooting the guns and how easy to access guns is. You know, that's an issue. It can be worked out, but you can work it out in a way where you don't piss off half the country. But the one thing that's being overlooked is how it began, how this individual was you know, toyed with, how this individual was pushed to do this. And the XFL can raise awareness, get into a bully organization foundation that helps communities, helps these schools to fight against bullying so you can save future lives. I know it doesn't sound like it's, you know, overblown, but we have the numbers and we see what the results can become. Stop blaming what happened. For the, stop blaming what the tragic event did. Start tackling the issue months beforehand. And you can see this because social media today, 
from Facebook to Twitter, Instagram, from so many of these social media sites, you see online bullying. You see videos of these kids in high schools watching these fights that are recorded on, uh, was it World Star? Yep. You can stop time. it. You can stop it way before it happens, but nothing has happened because these communities, these school boards, these local governments don't have the funding to actually organize a foundation or event or a uh, you know awareness of such things to battle it. They just you know push it aside and think if Bill and Congress is going to do something. I think the XFL can do like a bully initiative and you know, build up awareness, get money for the give money give money to the organization. You know, press it forward and start donating to cities or local communities where these franchises are going to be located and start fighting bullying today before we have mass shootings like we had down in Parkland. I'm sorry this is not really XFL related. Reading those stats over the last couple of weeks, trying to build up this research I'm doing, it just stuns me that we are blaming the results but not blaming what has – not blaming what started it all. You need to crush the issue before it becomes an issue, but because this day and age, you know, if you're not, you know, social media or hip or big deal, you don't get looked. You get looked over. Bullying is bullying is a major issue that is resulting in catastrophic events that we have witnessed around the country. And I think the XFL, if they can tackle the bullying aspect, get a foundation to stop bullying, and get ahead of the game. I really do think the community will buy in. They'll buy the organization. They'll support the team, and they'll support the community, and you may see results of lowering statistics over the years. I just found that the numbers are not – the numbers of bullying are getting higher as well as the tragic events later. They're happening months after the actual occurrence are getting higher as well. So I think the XFL can do that. I know it's not XFL-related, but those numbers – It's something that they can work forward to. Yeah, those numbers don't lie, and it's kind of sad. No, man, I I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, A lot of times, you know, I'm not the biggest gun fan, but I will say that I I do agree that guns aren't always the reason, the direct reason why things happen. Uh, You know, you can go back to, to Columbine in 99, you know, when school shootings were still like, relatively unknown like it feels like as a society we've gotten number to this so what happened back then is is almost the same thing because those guys got bullied as well and they went in they shot and murdered a lot of fucking people most of which were innocent and did nothing to them but the reason that they did it all to begin with was bullying and that is something that doesn't really get a whole lot of attention you know, cancer, AIDS, all that, you know, good stuff. Keep it up, you know, keep fighting it, not, not damning it. But there are things like the human psychology that, that gets overlooked. You know, bullying is something that very much gets overlooked. And in this day and age, it's actually far worse than it was then because he didn't have Twitter or Facebook or even MySpace when, uh, when Columbine happened. You would have to really go directly to someone, say it to their face, or leave a note somewhere like in the bathroom, like such and such is a hoe, you know, call this number, blah, blah, blah. Way more complicated than that. Now, all you got to do is just jump on somebody's Facebook, attack them, and maybe a couple of other people start attacking. Then other people will see the other people attacking and start laughing, and it becomes a snowball, and a lot of these kids get the brunt of it. 
And and this, you know, again, in this day and age, it's hard not to be on social media. So this would actually be a really good platform for the XFL to get started on. I felt kind of worth saying that right there, that last part, because it almost felt like it was a, a corporate thing, but which <laughs> it kind of is. But at, at the same time, it's a good thing to fund as long as real money is going to this issue. Like 11% is not going to cut it. At the very least, this should be 50, 60%, preferably more. But I do know it's going to cost a lot of money to raise the awareness, you know. It costs TV promotional time, you know, to put your advertisements there. So this could definitely be something that the XFL could do right that the NFL clearly did wrong. Uh, Major League Baseball, I think, is doing a pretty good job of it. Like I said, with the prostate cancer, I've been to some of the games where they uh, where they ran that. Uh, you've you've also got a more controversial side. Sacramento Kings are working with Black Lives Matter. Like that is something that I did not expect, but I think ultimately will be a good thing. You know, more teams need to start thinking, and teams and leagues need to start thinking more outside the box, and stop. You know. Try to stop things before they happen as opposed to reacting. Be more proactive. I think that's kind of the point that we're trying to make here. Yeah. And the one thing that, for me, was basically when I was doing this whole research thing is the numbers, the statistics of the age groups have increased tremendously. Like 10 years ago from today, 2008, the bully percentage in the United States was at 5%. Now it's 31. What has launched? What has launched in those years, in the last 10 years, what's the main three things you could point out that have changed, could have increased this? Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. No. uh, (laughs) I mean, if anybody watches uh, Chappelle's show, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. Anyway, uh, honestly, I think it's just social media for one uh, would be the first thing. Uh, Second, is just how numb our lives have kind of gotten. Technology does that on, it rewires your brain. The more you're looking at your phone, the more you're looking at your computer, looking up Twitter, looking up Google, looking up everything that you can, it, it kind of changes uh, the wiring in your head. It makes you a little more susceptible to, in a way, sleepwalking through life. So I think that that would definitely be the number two reason. And three, I think that the world's kind of going to hell in a handbasket, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not exactly Orson Welles, you know, 1984, but we're kind of get slowly creeping there. And we're coming to that point where it, it's kind of like a bridge, you know, we're either going to cross it or we're going to fall off. Humanity is going to have a decision to make all together, whether it's us, Russia, Korea, everybody is going to have to walk a fine line, just like we did with the cold road or cold war back in the day, you know, it's, uh, it's 2018 is, is a very strange time to be alive. And I think that that's affecting people. It's uh, making people more depressed. You know, I think that those are the, the top three reasons if I had to give any. Well, the top three reasons are social media is number one, which consists of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. Uh, I don't know that logo Shazam. Is that it? Shazam? Uh, Can't wait for whatever. that movie. Uh, uh, Snapchat. 
and uh, also MySpace. But even though that over the last ten years, MySpace MySpace has become more of a dumpster fire than actual social media site. Uh, number two is looks magazines the model image of individuals slash Hollywood number two number three financial reasons are the top three reasons why bullying has now increased over the last 10 years usually the ones who make the less money who do not look the part or do not have the mass following on social media are the ones that are at higher risk of getting bullied in this day and age, which is kind of sad. Cause I remember going to school when we didn't have no damn Facebook. Jeez. We were lucky to have those little grow your animal pocket toys where you think they were like a size of a Tamagotchi. Like yeah. One yeah, of those the Tamagotchis. I love yeah, those things. I had a little Pokemon one as well. <laughs> I remember the old Pokemon days. red and blue and gold. I remember Pongs. And now, now the, the kids these days are like, I can't get this. My cell phone doesn't have enough data space to download a new game. I'm like, Keisha, Weez, you wouldn't even survive 10 years ago. Holy shit. You know, actually, uh, it's a, that is kind of one of the reasons why Toys R Us uh, has, has demise. There's a bigger reason, which is leverage buyouts, but we're not going to get into all that. But do you know that statistically uh, toy sales have really never been lower? Kids are no longer going out and playing with the TMNT toys or the DBZ. You don't have that anymore. You know, not everybody's looking to get the new Batman Aqua Freeze with a rocket launcher. You know, nobody's looking for that anymore. Uh, The WWE is not making money on their product line either. Yeah, no, WWE toys, their their sales are struggling as well. And even though I think the only thing some of these toys are really cool. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I got my belt hanging up right over there. I'm looking right at it. It was not cheap. I can see why they make a lot of money off of it. What, the United States belt? That's about 300 Yep. And I got it signed I still think that's inexplicably by belt. the Green Ranger. <laughs> of all people to sign it, the Green Ranger signed it. Well, that's not bad. He's a really cool They're, dude. Well, who was it, though? The first White Ranger that ended up being the psycho in real life? Yeah, uh, Jason David Frank. Yeah. Everyone wanted to be the Black Ranger or the Red Ranger or the White Ranger. And when you grew up, it's like, hell, I used to love the White Ranger. Do you see what he did in his life? You're like, oh, shit. I wish I was the Green (laughs) Ranger now. Dude, I always want to be the Green Ranger. But anyway, we're getting off topic. (laughs) Well, basically, how off topic are we going to get? Because XFL news is zero. And how about that American Football Alliance? That's also... Or Alliance, American Alliance Football, Alliance whatever shit, AAF, uh, which we got a very good response to that show last week. We had 70 downloads just on that show alone. Really? Uh, had a couple of DMs, uh, but they're not really questions or comments about uh, – we had one listener that called me. It's like J-Dash. Let me pull it up here in a second. This is very unique. From Joseph – Two two seven, J Dash, and, and he put a WMG. So that's wrestling movie guy. He didn't really spell your name. <laughs> this past episode was pretty intriguing. I support the XFL and I would support an AAF 
for only one reason, only re- one reason only, because I really freaking believe in your conspiracy theory. Damn you, Vince McMahon. I love that WWE hashtag. Hopefully <laughs> the AAF is the XFL. Um, and we had Jesse comments like, this used to be a good XFL podcast. You better not be transformed to the AAF until I heard Jay Dash's conspiracy theory of Vince McMahon slash WWE theory. Now I'm buying in that the AAF is the XFL. <laughs> so it it was compelling. Two, I convinced two people, and thank you for the two guys who messaged in. But damn, um, from that conversation we had last week, it went from uh, let's attack the AAF to holy shit. Uh, we're getting, uh, uh, you know, faked out by old Vince McMahon again. But there are I'm, layers th- to the onion. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for sending DMs, even though they were in the DM questions. They were just, you know, shout outs to last episode. Uh, but basically, there's if you've been following the, the XFL the last couple of weeks, this is episode seven. We've missed two weeks. So basically, we've been at this only for 10 weeks of uh, – XFL related news in the last 10 weeks, there's been roughly about a handful of new subjects. Um, and I don't expect anything to come out anytime soon until after next Sunday. Uh, because as everyone knows, next Sunday is WrestleMania 34, which oh, yeah. there will no be, there will not be no XFL podcast at this time. Next week, because at this time next week we'll be in between mid card matches of WrestleMania, um, and probably we'll be doing our preview show, which we'll have to move the preview show on Wednesday uh, because I again I got to go work again, so that's going to be messed up the schedule again. Oh, but we can also do quick thing. We can also last, we can also last do week we were not able to do it. I do want to apologize. I've been dealing with some major back issues. I got a strained neck, happened out of nowhere, and it's been difficult for me to sit in like one place and to work and do all this and keep looking things up online. Like it, it really hurts, guys. So we were unable to do the episode last week. I'm not a hundred percent right now. I'm still not quite comfortable. But I can deal with it enough to get this show out and this Wednesday or Thursday, but whatever day that it happens, this week we will have that up-to-date WWE episode. And I just want to apologize that we did not have that new one up. Because a lot happened this past week. Well, a lot happened this past week. And basically, I think we how we're going to approach it is we're going to be on the eve and preface uh we're going to be not eve uh we're going to be within days of the grandest event in the wwe so basically it'll be more of a wwe uh just bring it radio talk preview of wrestlemania 34 that's next sunday uh because there's no news of xfl news unless there's something miraculous that happens over the next seven days we will take a, a week off on this show just because of WrestleMania. Because if you're a WWE fan, you know very well that the WWE loves to put on a five to six hour show of WrestleMania. And I want it's you guys to, I want you guys to go watch the show. Don't listen to us because trust me, we can't we just can speculate and start rumors and insulting other people's intelligence. We're not gonna be you know, deflecting you from maybe one of the greatest events in the WWE each year, but Vince McMahon has been notoriously known to screw up WrestleMania. 
Hopefully, dear God, we do not see, you know, Shane McMahon jumping off of a cliff this time around or Dalen Bryan. That's that's a different subject for everyone. But anyways, there would be no extreme football podcast <laughs> next Sunday because of WrestleMania. Uh, There's but we'll no be way back that we right can be that. as entertaining. We cannot be and, as entertaining as WWE. The only thing that we have in common is that neither one of us has pyro. <laughs> Other than that. Boom, they wipe us out. So definitely, yeah, don't expect to hear us next Sunday. But we'd love to do it. But, nope, sorry, WrestleMania. (laughs) Gotta watch it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's basically it for the show today. Um, We're not ending the show. Uh, We still got about 30 minutes left. But when we come back, of course, Extreme Hot Take, another edition. That is still new and refreshed. Uh, We'll come back. We'll be discussing some different things. Unlike... Extreme football. We're going to actually dig into some little stories of why opening day is so great for us in baseball. Of course, we could preview some WrestleMania. I don't mind. But Ooh, what about a little basketball? And a little basketball. We're playoffs are right around the corner. Some teams have locked playoffs. themselves up for the playoffs. Playoffs. NHL, play, NHL playoffs start uh, the 12th of April. NBA playoffs start the 14th of April. Um, MLB is in full swing. The first weekends are the first weekend is going up, uh, and WrestleMania's next Sunday. Uh, we're in dead season of the NFL. The Masters is next weekend. Oh my God, the Masters is next weekend. Hey, yes, that's what we're talking about. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah, of, I like there's, a, there's a lot of big events happening next weekend, so there's just more of uh, time to watch those events. And also, if you want to be a part of a fantasy baseball league. Send us your information. I have delayed the draft until next Saturday uh, at night. Uh, we have four members. I'm looking for at least two more to join oh, in. I need, I need to sign up, too. Oh, gee, really? You haven't signed up? What co-host you are. I don't have a Yahoo account. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> not that hard to do one. a Yahoo. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's just that I got enough email accounts. <laughs> I'm not trying to get another. <laughs> Oh, trying to be uh, a double agent. I'll get it taken care of. I'll get it taken care of. Anyway, but we're looking for at least two more. Get six teams. Uh, We're basically just going to do a basic uh, fancy baseball, which is like NFL, where you got to watch your roster each week. And you can do changes throughout the week. It's like normal. But you only got six guys in the league or eight people in the league. You're going to have a kick-ass squad no matter what team you are. Uh, so you're not going to be affected that badly between different games and different series. So uh, if you want to be part of the league, send us information. I'll post it back up on Twitter, and we'll have the draft sometime next week. So you guys at least have two weeks to look at players in, the, in baseball before you actually sign up or sign up to the league and draft the individual players. But seeing that this is the end of the XFL segment, what is extreme hot? takes i almost said hot topic for some odd damn reason what does extreme uh hot takes this week describe hot pockets <laughs> well i went a little i'm not gonna lie i went a little bit more towards uh my team this week because you know there's not a lot of news and i think that extreme hot take is uh something that's continuously growing we can expand a little bit beyond just the xfl so uh i'm just gonna let you guys check it out and just know that this is going to be an extreme hot take about a team that is near and dear to my heart. Damn right, that's a sweet one. 
Welcome back to another episode of Extreme Hot Takes, and this week I'm going to talk about a team that is very near and dear to my heart. This week I'm going to be talking about the Washington Redskins and their 2018 free agency moves. To start with, I'm very happy with some moves that the Redskins have made and disappointed by others, such as not being able to hold on to good players such as Trent Murphy, who went on to the Buffalo Bills. But I will say that Bruce Allen, the general manager, has made a fantastic move by getting Alex Smith to replace the inevitably leaving Kirk Cousins. I don't care what anybody says, that man was going to leave no matter what. That being said, giving up Kendall Fuller, one of the best inside corners in the game, was very tough to swallow. But The team needed to make a move. They had to make a move to get a solid replacement for Kirk. And Alex Smith is certainly that. The Skins needed to make this move, and by God, they did. And even though giving up Kendall Fuller was tough, Alex Smith is a fine, fine pickup. Next on the Redskins grocery list was another wide receiver because the receiving core of Washington was not able to hold up this year. So, they signed Sheldon Richardson, who can actually be a very good player. He's only 25 years old, and his best playing days are ahead of him. Putting him next to Josh Doxson could make him very dangerous. On defense, Bashad Breland was lost after playing the best year of his career, but Orlando Skandrick was picked up from Dallas, and he could be a great replacement if he stays healthy. Over the last few seasons, he has had a number of injuries, but many players do, and if he can stay healthy, he will be a great asset next to Josh Norman. This brings us to the most important signing next to Alex Smith, and that is Zach Brown. By far the best player on the defense and a true leader in the locker room that was a must-re-sign player. After some back-and-forth talks, the Skins were finally able to get him to re-sign on a three-year deal. A player of his caliber elevates any defense, and he should be a great player for years to come. All that being said, the Redskins have not gone out of the way this year to break the bank like they have in the past, and by not breaking the bank, the team is bringing in players who want to be in Washington and not just trying to pick up a paycheck. Shocking, I know. If I were to grade this free agency period for the Redskins, I would have to give the team a solid B. The only reason I don't grade it higher is because they had to give up Kendall Fuller and they were unable to sign the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, who would have fit the system very, very well next to DJ Swearinger. But still, this has been a good offseason for the Redskins. And that brings this week's extreme hot take to an end. And as always, guys, if there is a topic that you want me to talk about, let me know down in the DMs. I went a little bit selfish this week by talking about my team, the Washington Redskins. But I hope that you guys enjoyed my breakdown. If there's a team you want me to talk about, let me know. Whether it's the Raiders or the Eagles or whatever, you guys let me know. 
And as always, I will be back next week with a new extreme hot take. And now, let's get the show back on the road. So back to you, J-Dash. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Extreme Football Podcast. I am your host, Jay Dash, alongside my partner, Wrestling Movie Guy. And seeing that the Extreme Football League uh, has no news, and the news keeps not coming out, it pretty much being a dead (laughs) horse. This past Thursday, we had a good event where thousands of millions of fans around the country enjoy well, there's about 80% of those fans really just come out for the first game, and then they'll come back until about four months from now if their team's in contention. But opening day of Major League Baseball has incurred. And I know a lot of people out there are fans of any type of team. Like my co-host here is a fan between two teams because he's located very close to two teams, the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles. While myself, I'm stuck in the middle with them. Well, for me, I am. For me, I have family ties to my team that I pull for, and that's the Boston Red Sox. Um, mm. But every but everyone has a you know a story. Everyone has a memory, a reason why they support a team or why they fell in love with the team. For me, I was actually born into the Boston Red Sox. And a lot of people who go out there and say you're not a Red Sox fan or you're a bandwagon fan, I get that a lot because I live down south. I wear my Red Sox gear, and people say, oh, you must be a bandwagon fan. I go, yeah, uh, name me Mo Vaughn. Who do you play for? And they look at me and goes, I don't know who he played for. I said, okay, go send you on your way, Mo Vaughn. Won the American League MVP in uh, 1997. No, shoo, shoo. He was a DH for the Boston Red Sox. Don't get away from me. Um, <laughs> but family ties in the sport that we love, it doesn't care what sport you like. It could be football. It could be basketball. It could be hockey. It could be baseball. It can even be golf. Uh, for me, my family, especially specifically my family, is enriched in baseball history. My great-great-grandfather played in a police league that was somewhat the early foundation slash farm system of the Boston Braves, which or Boston Americans, excuse me, um, which was way before the Boston Red Sox. My great grand, my grandfather was a played in baseball and never really got into the minor league system. Then, as of course back then there was no minor league system, but my grandfather, who served in the military for thirty some odd years. Listen to every single baseball game on the uh, Red Sox baseball game his whole entire life. He said he may have missed maybe about 20% of the games in his lifetime because he was on deployment. And my father was as well, like me, was born into the Red Sox narrative. And, and my father, as well, military, listened to the Red Sox as much as he can, and he passed that along to me. So when people say, why do I pull for the Boston Red Sox? And it's like, I I hate to break it to you. I was kind of born into it, and they were only the team I knew about. The Patriots followed along. The Bruins followed along. The Celtics were right there behind them as well. And when people say, why do you love baseball so much? It's because baseball reminds me of my family, my great-grandfather, my grandfather, and my father. 
Uh, my grandfather, unfortunately, cheered for the Boston Red Sox his whole life. He passed away two years before the Boston Red Sox came back and defeated the New York Yankees in the 2004 American League Division Series and went on to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series and win the championship. If you ask any big-time Boston Red Sox fan or any type of fan like the Cubs, for instance, I guarantee you can ask some Cubs fans and say, what does this championship mean to you? And they'll first, one of the first things they'll say is this championship is for the fans and the players who never won one for the Cubs. In 2004, that was for the Red Sox fans and the players before them. 2007 was for the current and 2013 for the current. But people say, why are you a Red Sox fan? Why do you love baseball so much? Because I'm enriched in history with the Red Sox and, damn it, I just love the team. Even though they, you know, they'll break your heart and they're known for choking because that's what their team is uh, historically, but I'm there every single day. I'll watch for all 162 games, not all 162 games. Either I'll be listening to it or following them. I'm not like one of those fans that checks a score in the first month and go, oh, crap, they could be there, and ignore them for five months. I'm a true fan. I guarantee there's a lot of fans out there that are the same way who you're dedicating and watching their team throughout the season. I'm just going to say that baseball to me, an opening day for me, is so special because I can remember my grandfather who got ready for each season, hopefully and expecting that this would be the year that the Red Sox win it, and two years after he passed away, the Red Sox finally did it. I, my dad always joked that Grandpa lost a bet in his first year in heaven, and that's why Aaron Bleep and Boone happened. And in the second year, my grandfather actually <laughs> won the bet, and that's the reason why the Red Sox won in 2004. So when people <laughs> come at me and say that I am a bandwagon fan, that's like, sorry, I can't be a bandwagon fan when my whole family's enriched in this organization, and we're we're kind of passionate about it. So. Don't don't be surprised if you see some Red Sox posts on this website. But one thing I do love, I love the game of baseball. It's one of my favorite sports. Uh, if you put, if you want to do rankings for me about baseball, one A and one B would be baseball and football. Uh, I just love it, and that's the reason it's because it's rich and it's enriched in my family. And besides, I work at a university here where my main job is to oversee baseball operations. So I'm kind of stuck with the game, but. Opening day this week was, in me, an opportunity, just not for myself, but for millions of fans out there of what if. Is this the year that we finally get over this hump? Is this the year we finally win the championship? Is this the year that we finally trade the guy who's been punching this team for years? We all know the massive trades that got Carlos Stanton to the New York Yankees. We all we know that uh, we have a manager in Philadelphia who's going to try to call a reliever into the game without actually having him warming up. And we also have teams like, you know, the L.A. Dodgers who forget to clean up their crap before it starts leaking onto the field. So opening Ooh. day was pretty active. story of why I am a baseball fan is because of that opening day, the ability, the awareness of knowing that this could be the year. Is this the year? Or am I going to do the same thing next year, saying the same damn thing? But my stories in baseball is pretty much my family. So don't come challenge me about my loyalty to my team when I really can't break away from family. Um, Besides from that, sir, do you have any type of stories or in-depth situations from your favorite team? I know you're a Skins fan, but anything related to the baseball ramble things? Uh, Well, 
you are definitely more the baseball guy, I would say. I I definitely love me some baseball, but if I had to choose, it'd probably go like uh, football, wrestling, then probably baseball and basketball are, are pretty much tied together. Because it's playoff time, I'm paying a little bit more attention to basketball, but I have been keeping an eye on what's going on with the O's and the Nets. Good start for the O's with the walk-off homer, and then they crap the bed two games in a row against the Twins. Uh, Nats are looking good. They're rocking it down in Cincinnati. They're doing an excellent job so far, as I expected. But when it comes to my history with, uh, with really the O's, where it starts, my history with baseball starts with the O's. <clears throat> I just remember being uh, very young and growing up and seeing this guy named Cal Ripken Jr. Just ripping it up day after day after day. Uh, he had great guys around him like Rafael Palmero, even Brady Anderson for that short period of time. Uh, there was a warmth to the Orioles that always stuck with me, uh, mainly because it was like really the only team that I could think of uh, at that time that had a true family dynamic because you had Ripken, his father and his brother are all playing with the Orioles all at the same time. Uh, well, not his father. His father was a, uh, was a, was a manager and, and a coach, but uh, there was something about the O's that has always stuck with me. Now that we have the nationals in town, uh, I absolutely root for them. I love the Nats, but at the end of the day, the Orioles, are just slightly ahead of them because I it's hard for me to just throw them away. Pretty much like all teams in Baltimore, except for the Ravens. Sorry, Raven fans, anybody out there listening. I know that you're probably going to hate me now when I say I can't stand the Ravens. It's a very long story for why I don't like them, but long story short, it's because of how they were created, how they were made. The fact that they ripped the heart out of Cleveland, to become the Ravens, I thought was just a terrible thing to do, considering the Baltimore Colts moved in 1984 after Indianapolis stole them. But anyway, it's a story for another day. Long story short. Uh, but the O's have always been my number one, and I always love to watch them. I always like uh, – I, I do fall off a bit. That's how I know that you're definitely the more true baseball fan because it's, it's a little more difficult for me to – keep track of everything but every day i'm getting on bleacher report looking at the highlights looking at what's going on our pitching still stinks we still got adam jones rocking it our offense is pretty good but man i feel like the o's didn't do anything to reputation this year and i think that's going to be the achilles heel just as it was last year but yeah i love me the o's i love me the nets and i'm going to look forward to talking more baseball in fact this podcast right here is going to give me even more reason to pay more attention so that we can be more up depth and provide you guys with better insight in a better show because we all know that xfl is not giving us any information to talk about so we have <laughs> <More> to <insight. laughs> or we have to or insight we have to divert to other um stories but what you say about the Baltimore Orioles how I like you say that you're an on and off fan I'm a fan that is dedicated to my team if I live let's say in the Boston area I'm one of those type of guys who will spend about uh, give or take three grand on tickets so I can have season tickets for the Red Sox on um, three three grand is about the amount of money it costs for uh, outfield seats uh, dead right field maybe a little further back uh, excuse me I get the hiccups all of a sudden uh, about 
three grand for season That's tickets, or if I may want to upgrade and get six grand and get into the uh, monster seats uh, for the season. I'd be the type of guy who will go to all 82 home games in Boston. Um, that's if I lived in Boston. Unfortunately, I don't live in Boston. I don't have $5,000 to spend on that type of stuff, so I just buy the $89 package on MLB.tv, and I'll watch about 90% of the games that way unless it's on ESPN. But seeing that I live in the state of Florida, every time the Red Sox play the Tampa Bay Rays or the Marlins, I have to listen to their broadcast. And you can tell the difference between the two the two organizations about the co- the broadcasting coverage of the people who cover the games. Um, you can tell that the Red Sox people are the type of baseball player uh, announcers that they've been there, they've done that, they know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and they have more passion. While in the Marlins and Tampa Bay, everything that happens is like, oh my God, it's a new thing. What is this? It's a master glowing ball. Well, that's that's another subject for another day. But I'm one of those type of fans who I'll be in depth. So when if you join our baseball fantasy league, uh, if you're losing to me in the standings or in games, uh, that's the reason why. Because um, I follow baseball pretty well. I currently have a fantasy football team in another league, uh, a whole uh, uh, in work league, and I'm currently uh, kicking butt. But but baseball is that's just a good starting. Start, early start though. Yeah, baseball is just starting, and we have 158 games to go. Everyone's like, oh, God, that's a long time. Pretty much it's only like 180 days, and that will fly by. But currently that's happening next week, and then the week after that, we have playoff action and the National Basketball Association and the National Hockey League. We'll get into more of the NHL talk later, maybe next show or something like that, because that's when the playoffs will be actually, uh, you know, basically on this two shows, we'll be talking about mainly the Capitals and the Bruins, in which I would, you know, I, stir away people. But in the NBA I know playoffs. almost nothing about hockey. The only thing I know about is the that's about it, man. Uh, so you're going to have to leave that the, one. <laughs> yeah, but in the NBA playoffs, I actually follow the NBA pretty well. And basically, last time I checked out, the 16 seeds that are available to be clinched for the postseason, I think 11 of them have been wrapped up. So basically, you got about six teams in the West uh, trying to compete for the last four spots. I think the East is about the seventh, eighth seed or in the competition which basically what it looks like right now Miami and Milwaukee are going to grab those two seeds in the east so if you look at the eastern conference right now the number one seed in the east is the Toronto Raptors number two seed is the Boston uh, Celtics the those are pretty much two teams that have already guaranteed themselves number one and number two uh, yeah they, Celtics they have over 50 wins they're good they're they're yeah, fine uh, I think that uh, Toronto has 55 wins and Boston has 52 yeah, um, and Boston is the only team that can catch Toronto at this time, but Boston cannot fall further behind. So they have their those are the two teams. They're locked for number two. No worse is number two, and no best than twenty. Uh, no best than one. So they, no matter what, the first two rounds of the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs go through Toronto and Boston. Currently, right now, mm-hmm. the third seed is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have a half game leader, the Philadelphia 76ers. Come on, Sixers, get that four seed. Uh, three seed, excuse me. Uh, the five seed is the Indiana Pacers, followed by the Washington, uh, almost said the Nationals, uh, yeah. the Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards. Are, 
are the sixth seed. The current seventh seed is the Miami Heat, and the current eighth seed is the Milwaukee Gladiators. The Gladiators, Milwaukee Gladiators, Milwaukee Gladiators. Oh, that's the reason why. Uh, a re- indoor football league announced today that they're planning on putting a plan on relaunching the old Milwaukee Gladiators from the Arena Football League. And I read that just literally like 10 minutes before the show, and that's why the Milwaukee Gladiators were on my mind. Uh, so oh, that's <laughs> like the sweetest-looking helmet they had back in the old AF2 era. So I'm pretty excited that Indoor Football League is actually bringing back one of the team. But those are the eight teams in the NBA uh, Eastern Conference side. And the Western Conference side is just a big cluster at this moment. Rockets are pretty much number one seed. Steph Curry's hurt. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are losing ground. Um, and this could be very well the year that Golden State may not actually make it to the uh, Western Conference finals this year. Yeah, but the injury the bug among- has been brutal for them. That injury bug has been catching yes. up. And that, and that fall uh, last night, uh, what's his face? That other shooting guard that they have, uh, Vince Carter undercut him while he was going up to the basket. Thompson? And he fell hard. What was that? Tristan Thompson? No, it wasn't Tristan Thompson. Uh, God, Green? It's not Green. Uh, no, it, it's, a, it's a lesser known player. He's not one of the top guys, but they needed him because of the injuries. Uh, and Steve Kerr was ripping into Vince Carter. He was like yelling at him. He's like, I'm not pissed at you. I'm pissed at Vince. You should know better. And you could see Vince. He screwed up. He was face palming himself. Like, he was embarrassed at how reckless a play that was for a guy that's been playing in the NBA for, what, 15 years now? Yeah. It, it was hard to watch. I know one so, thing yeah. that uh, I'm looking forward to, and I know this hasn't been done yet. Uh, I wonder if uh, Charles Barkley got his $25,000 bet from uh, LeVar Ball. Hmm. What was the bet supposed to be? Early in this year, LeVar Ball bet Charles Barkley that his son will put the Los Angeles Lakers into the playoffs. The Los Angeles Lakers are mathematically eliminated from the postseason like four weeks ago. And I wonder if he gave the $25,000 bet to Charles Barkley. I highly doubt it. His son probably had a front of the money. So I know in the in March Madness, we had, you know, the Cinderella's like Lalo to Chicago. Uh, great run, by the way, to that team. I didn't watch any of the games yesterday because of work, but I saw that Lalo had a great run again. Um, and you look at the NBA playoffs, well, which team in your mind that has that built to beat that Cinderella? Because, you know, Cinderella's in the NBA playoffs are very – I'm going to say this, lady. I don't want to insult you fans out there. I love your team. In a best-of-seven series, Cinderella's usually do not come out of the first round. They usually force a game seven, and that's how far usually Cinderella's goes. And you could have, you know, the 2000 – and I want to say the 2008 Golden State Warriors, which they were the eighth seed, and they beat off the – Dallas Mavericks, or you can be the crap. I'm going back in the day with the Denver Nuggets knocking off the Seattle Supersonics. Um, that was the first eight seed taking off the one seed. As of right now, the two eight seeds in the East and in the West, Milwaukee, Toronto, Houston, and Clippers? Yes, yeah, the Clippers are the eight seed in the West. Which one of Clippers those? Which uh, one I, I of those can Milwaukee. Have, well, I got Milwaukee, but I don't have any of those teams advancing in the first round. 
I don't know if either team's actually going to win that. I mean, honestly, I think that Los Angeles Clippers, there's there's something that they've always been missing. Even when they had uh, the big three in there, you know, when they had Chris Paul rocking it with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's what's his face? Blake Griffin, you know. Uh, there was something that DeAndre was always DeAndre Jordan, lacking. Blake Griffin, Jamal mm-hmm. Crawford. Uh, the Clippers had, had some – yeah, over the last 10 years, they've been always as solid. They've always been a team that's always made the playoffs. But they've never been a team that you – know, they were usually the uh, conference final virgin. They always got to the semifinals, but they never got past that. Uh, mm-hmm. But this year, I find it kind of ironic. The Clippers and the Rockets are facing each other in the first round. And guess who the starting point guard is for the Houston Rockets? Uh, I believe that's supposed to be Harden. No, oh, no, Chris Paul, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He's shooting guard. No. <laughs> he, he plays like a point guard now that he's actually yeah. throwing out assists. <laughs> he's yeah. had one of the best turns ever. Uh, yeah, Chris Paul, I love the fact that he's playing them, and he's going to beat them. Yeah, he, and I think, I think the 1 8 matchup in the Eastern Conference is going to be more entertaining than the 1 8 matchup in the West. I think the West is going to be a four-game sweep, and I think the East may go six games. I think Milwaukee is going to at least take one, maybe game three or game four in Milwaukee. Uh, but I think that's going to be – Toronto such – they're so hard to beat in Toronto. For you to beat Toronto, you have to steal a game in Toronto. And the only two teams – correction, <laughs> the only four teams that can go into Toronto and steal a game in Toronto are the Houston Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Boston Celtics. Those are the only teams. Dude, how do you not mention the Washington Wizards in there, man? Dude, we crush them in the playoffs every time we face them. We've you swept them, this year. and we beat them for two. No, we could I'll still be, face them. I'll be pulling for you guys you, 100%. We can beat them. If, you got, if the playoffs started today, the Eastern Conference lower bracket – the 2C would be Boston. The 7C would be Miami. Boston should win that series in five games because they usually lose a damn game of Miami always. And you got <laughs> Cleveland and Washington, the 3-6 matchup. And if I was a betting man, I say that series goes all seven because I do not buy LeBron James' new form team. Actually, I think that, that he's going to do very well. He's probably going to be the reason why we would lose. He, he turns it on when he faces us. His rivalry all, with the Wizards has been very quiet. A lot of people don't think about it. But you go back to Gilbert yeah. Arenas versus him, you know, like this yes. rivalry has been going on a while. It's just in the background. You know who? You know what rivalry that was never really talked about between LeBron? That they hmm. never really got the – they always compare LeBron to oh, uh, Kobe Bryant or the teams against the West against uh, – uh, what's his name? Baron, not Baron Davis. Uh, he played for San Antonio. Defender, uh, Ginobili, Parker, I forgot the other guy, uh, three-point shooter, one of the best defenders, and he's going to the Hall of Fame as a defender. But Good Lord. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, they faced him in the, in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh. The, the other guy that LeBron always had epic games with because the other player matched up with him very well, and that was the truth. Paul yes. Pierce. Paul Pierce and LeBron James, when Paul Pierce was younger, of course, not the Paul Pierce that played for the Wizards, and not the Paul Pierce that went pretty much went and go hey. and die in, in L.A. Watch it. Uh, <laughs> he called game, man. 
He may have only he, been with us for one year, but it's a it's a year Wizard fans will never forget. And, and, and I was watching that series, and I and I shed a tear when I saw Pierce get that last shot. I was like, oh, he did it again. Oh, my boy's still doing it, uh, but he's still a Celtic. Sorry, sir, but oh, he yeah, won the no, championship with the Celtics. Um, oh, he's one of the best Celtics of all time. Um, but. That LeBron versus Paul Pierce rivalry when the big three were the Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce with Kendrick Perkins and Ryan Sean Rondo and Big Baby Davis, who I think is getting prosecuted for cocaine possession or something like that. But um, but as of right now, I the Western Conference, you know, we've known the narrative over the last couple of years of the NBA playoffs is that Whoever survives the Western Conference usually wins the NBA Finals because the Eastern Conference is too weak. I mm-hmm. have to say this year is not the case. I think this year you have top-heavy teams in both East and West, and the rest of the pack are about equal. Uh, if you if you rate the top five teams in the NBA playoffs right now who are going to win the NBA championship, uh, three out of the top four, in my opinion, because of right now, because of injuries – I don't know how Golden State they've, – they've been struggling these last couple of weeks. They've been, when they do win, it's like, uh, that's not Golden State-like. Uh, and plus, the, against teams that they're currently in playoff competition with in the West are, have been slacking them, like Utah and Portland over the last couple of days. Um, Houston, are, of course, is a front favorite to win it all. Uh, Boston is another one. Toronto is the other one. And Cleveland is the mm-hmm. other one. Uh, and, of course, Golden State's up there at number five. But – the Eastern Conference this year, because of what's going on in, in California with Golden State, the Eastern Conference actually has a chance to bring the trophy to back to the Eastern Conference. And there's it's still a chance that it may not be Cleveland. And, yes, I know as a Celtic fan you may hear my, my little bias, but we have a situation in, in Boston right now that we're kind of questioning, and that's Kyrie Irving. Uh, we're trying to save him for the next two weeks to keep him healthy before game one of the Eastern Conference playoffs. But as a two-seed and an expected matchup against Cleveland in the second round, I'm not trying to say – I'm just looking for. I'm not bashing your Wizards. I will love to play the Wizards in the uh, second round. That gives us an easy we access. We want revenge. It would uh, be an easy access for us to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but Watch it. Uh, Cleveland <laughs> – but you, we don't have Kyrie until the second round of the playoffs, in my honest opinion – the Celtics are a by themselves. They're still winning games without Kyrie. They're they're a damn good team this year. And as of right now, the playoff starts right now. My Eastern Conference Finals will be drum roll, please. And there's really no drum. There's really no drum roll. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. 76ers and the Celtics in the finals? I'm not because 76ers are right now the currently the four seed and I don't buy Toronto. I think Toronto can be exposed in the seven game series. I actually think that Washington could be the Cinderella story. Uh but probably going to be saying hello to Boston if it works out that way. I don't know how it will. Uh I'd need to look at every single matchup and of course we're still a little bit of ways away from the finalized setup of who's going to face who and who's going to face who after they win the first playoff round. But I'm not sure. I think there's something about the Wizards team that always seems to 
step up when it needs to. We've gotten to that second round a couple of times, and we were very close, very, very close to not only beating you guys, but also beating Atlanta. Uh, when we lost with Atlanta, that's because we lost John Wall. He got injured, and that was a wrap. Uh, we could not beat them without John Wall. Uh, and with you guys, I mean, dude, that that went down to the wire. I mean, that was a you great series. You couldn't beat us in, in the Garden, and we couldn't beat you in the Verizon Center. That was home yep. court advantage. Whoever had the most home games was going to win that series, and just, yep. that's just how it was. I think that our bench has gotten better. I think that for the most part, our pieces are all still there. We just need Wall to get back into the rhythm. Yesterday, 15 assists uh, to 14 points. That's a really good play. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what he got yesterday, but I know he got a double-double by the time it was the third quarter. I was watching that game. And the Wizards clinched the playoffs, ready to go. I think that this team can definitely go far. But also, I think that Mike could be surprised. Uh, number 34, I always screw up his name, Adino uh, Compo. Uh, he's a fantastic player who is still a bit raw. He's got that raw motion going, which may hold him back for the time being. But I think that that team definitely could surprise people. I think they could definitely surprise Toronto. Uh, I'm sorry to say this, uh, Toronto fans. I'm not dissing Toronto, but when it comes to your team, the Wizards own you guys. We're not afraid actually, of you. <laughs> actually, I, I, I do not want – if there's anybody listening for Toronto on here, shout out. Thank you for listening. Uh, but if you look at the city of Toronto and their sports organizations, besides the MLS team – that's not really considered a major sport in the United States slash Canada as of right now. They're still below hockey, baseball, and football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto has a hard time of uh, choking in the postseason. They really do. A couple of years ago, they had a, I think, a three games to one lead over the Washington Wizards, and they lost that series. A couple of years ago, they had a. Five to one goal lead over the Boston Bruins, the the, the Maple Leafs had no four to one lead in the Boston Bruins in the third period with six minutes remaining, and they lost in overtime. Uh, and the Toronto Blue Jays had what a three games to one lead over. Who did they lose to? I think it was they. They lost the World Series. They were up three games to one, and they lost the World Series. So, I know. Two games it's so unfortunate. It's so hard to lose like that. And my heart goes out to teams that that happens to. It really does. And and that's why I think a lot of people in the national media, especially who cover the NBA, think that Toronto, even though they're the number one seed, they're not going to get by Boston or Cleveland or those the other two teams who are in. And if everything falls in its place – Let's just say if Cleveland goes on a little bit of a losing streak, which they do play Philadelphia twice to end out the season, we could actually see Cleveland be the four seed in the East. Therefore, the Wizards avoid the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round, but you guys get Philadelphia, which I will go for Wizards in that in that, in that matchup because you guys have playoff experience compared to Philadelphia, zero playoff experience. I take it back. J.J. Redick does have playoff experience, but that's the only guy on the team I think has playoff experience. Uh, but Philadelphia is on that Super Bowl high, and you know damn well they're going to be packing the uh, – was it Wachovia Center? Uh, whatever. It's after a bank up there. Uh, they're going to be packing it, and I will <laughs> love to see 
them lose in the playoffs in basketball. So they get reminded that you're Philadelphia, you're used to losing. So Damn, cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of Philly either, like just period. And it's like, damn. Damn, you hear dude. some you, you hear some <laughs> hatred. You hear hear some hatred in that in my voice because let's just say if the Wizards not Wizards let's just say theoretically my what Eastern Conference Finals is what I want the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston uh, Celtics. Uh, attention Philadelphia, there's no Nick Foles coming out on there and helping you boys. And just prepared to don't be surprised if, uh, damn it, those janitors with those fucking brooms. Jeez Louise, I swear, always get in the way, uh, sweeping your ass out of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I have a little hatred towards the Philadelphia. I don't have hatred towards the fans. There's some great people in Philadelphia. I've been to Philadelphia before. Great food, great city. I just hate your organizations. Completely different. I just hate the names. I hate the teams. I don't hate the people. But that's, that's the it. reason you love nice And that's the reason why you love sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, my man, I think we have pretty much run out of time here, though. Uh, I think yep, we're having right. a good time with this, but it's a little past eight, past the one hour mark. We got to start moving yeah. move, y'all. Anyways, seeing that the NBA playoffs are coming up in about roughly about a week and a half, NHL playoffs start in two weeks. WrestleMania is this next Sunday. I can't say this Sunday because today is Sunday. Uh, just bring it wrestling talk. We'll be either up and going on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday. We'll get we'll get the stuff out for you to, to listen to. Uh, we're going to be previewing the WrestleMania, uh, looking back at Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, catching up on stuff on that, our opinions about WrestleMania, what we think is going to happen in WrestleMania, some rumors of some WWE superstars returning for the main for the event of WrestleMania, doing some uh, uh, how can you say some cameo appearances. Uh, there's mm-hmm. already a big rumor that The Rock is going to be there, which is not going to be surprising if he is. Um, but besides from that, really no XFL news. Uh, hopefully the XFL does something and to like get in partnership, partner, uh, partnering up with the foundation. And that would be pretty cool if they do something about something to get rid of bullying in our schools and in our communities. And, of course, our little talk on the NBA, what baseball means to me. Uh, Basically, that's the show in a nutshell. Uh, final thoughts, sir? Uh, no, I think we pretty much got everything out on a completely unrelated subject of any of this. Uh, shout out to Warner Brothers. Release the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. I'm sure nobody out there is listening for that from the company, but if you are, tell your execs that the DCEU universe needs the completed Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Release it. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. And I'm good with that. My final thoughts is we're exactly 19 days away from Super Troopers 2. And yes, 420. 420 is when Super Troopers comes out, so we get to see the gang again. And I'm really excited. I wonder if those boys ever made it to Mexico. So that's it in a nutshell. That is today's show. No news, of course. Thank you for listening to us, even though it's been an hour and ten minutes of us blabbering about random stuff. I'm Jay Das. That's the Wrestling Movie Guy, and we'll hey. see you maybe midweek for some wrestling talk. Good night, everyone. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm touching myself tonight.
what all of us here at News Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.